You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. Hello, one and all, to episode 167 of the Pimpcron Warhammer podcast. I am Pimpcron, and today we are brought to you by GameMat.eu, and we're brought to you by our beautiful, good, sexy, smelling Patreon patrons. And you know what? It's been a little while since we ran through that list, um, the small but very much appreciated list of people that help this show stay on the internet, because as I've explained, it costs more and more to host all of these episodes as the numbers grow in rank. So... I appreciate all of their support. Let's start off real quick. I won't take much of your time, but we have an adorable gold trim scarab named Brendan. Then we've got Fergie Ferg is a funky warrior and Nate and Mandy and Juicy Jim and LT. Thank you all so much for being the warriors in our dynasty. We also have Shade, Leroy Jenkins and Grendel. And Aaron, and I greatly appreciate all of your support. And then we've got the mother flippin' lord. That's right, Mike the Man, the Lord, the Overlord of the Pimpcron Dynasty. Thank you so much for supporting the show, Mr. Mike. So, uh, what are we talking about tonight? Well, we've got a bunch of weird segments here. We've got a Want That or Want That Night with the new dice, the Adeptus Sororitas and the Tal Dice that GW just released. We also have a Tesseract mailbox with Neil asking my true opinion of GW. Bottom line, what is my opinion of them? Because I seem to flip-flop in his opinion. And I think that's probably accurate. And then we have like this weird combo chicken salad sandwich of a topic where Juicy Jim sent me a message and we discussed it. And it was actually about a Tesseract mailbox. But then I had so much to say about it, it became a real talk. So it's like, I don't know. It's like, uh, it's the Thousand Islands dressing of topics. So what have I been up to? Well, um, I missed the gaming group this week because my mom wanted to have a Halloween little, it wasn't a party, but it was a get together to watch a movie and eat some food this week on our game night. And you know what? I love my mom and we, her and I both share a passion for Halloween and she's not going to be around forever like all of our family members, like all of us. So I decided to not go to the club and go hang out with my kids and my mom. And we watched um, Critters, actually. Um, Critters was a interesting movie. I've never seen that before. It's from the 80s. It's like Gremlins, but it's a little different. A little bit of gore in that, but it wasn't bad. It was, it was ranked fairly okay for kids. And uh, my kids really weren't scared or bothered by it. So um, that's what we did for instead of game night. But I did have James over, just James, yesterday. And I had the day off and we came over. We decided to play 2,000 points of the new orcs versus my Necrons. And um, I had a pre-made list for Necrons, so I just took that. It was very shooty, two Annihilation Barges and a bunch of stuff. Doomsday Arc and um, six Destroyers and a Triarch Stalker and a Satan and a uh, Ten Immortals and some Scarabs and some Wraiths. So it was 2,000 points, and I'm not used to playing 2,000 points, and good God, that game dragged on forever. It was like six hours we played that game. And the real reason why it took so long is because I could not really remember my rules. Once again, remember this edition is like super complex for no damn reason. 
And uh, I was constantly looking up my stratagems, looking up my protocols, looking up my abilities. Oh, what's this? What's the oh, blah, blah. I couldn't remember it all. And then simultaneously, Just James was playing his new orcs for the very first time. So he had tons of stuff he had to look up and he was in the same boat as I, uh, maybe a little worse. And things like his big kill a cruiser, whatever that thing is, he, he took two of them and they have a ton of rules. A ton of rules, and a ton of a ton of melee abilities, and a ton of shooting abilities, and each one of those weapons have their own rules, and good god. But you know what? Um, I started out really strong. I had like a 20-some, 30-point lead on him. But come turn two, I was like, oh, this is where the tide is going to turn. It hadn't turned yet, but I could see where the board was at, and I was like, oh, okay, this is where I die. I'm going to lose this game. So in the very last turn, he did overtake me points wise, and he beat me like, I'm going to say 75 to 55. Um, it wasn't quite 20, actually. It was in the teens. So it was like 71 to 55 or something. Um, but it, that, that was just in the last turn. But it was uh, pretty agonizing, actually, because um, I just from turn two, I knew I was I was losing. I'm like, oh, I will definitely win that. Uh, definitely lose this. So I um I just sat there and I'm not one to concede. If he sees that I'm not enjoying myself and wants to offer a uh, concession, then I will take it. But uh, I'm not just going to be like, well, there I've played many people and we've got one or two of them in our gaming group that are like, oh, good game. Like uh, turn two, they're like, oh, I see this isn't going to work out for me. So good game and just want to shake your hand. And um some of them have gotten actually a lot better about that, but we still have one or two. And uh, I hate that type of player because it's it's basically all about winning and it doesn't matter about the other person's, you know, want to play or whatever. And sometimes you can be wrong about your assessment of how well you're going to do in this game. I could see that um, my my rolling was atrocious, by the way. Um, I just could not roll. I could not do anything. Um, I, my rolling was bad to the point where I superstitiously went through four different sets of dice. I'm like, you know what? These dice, after they completely crap the bed, I'm like, okay, this set is retired. I'm done. I'm not playing with them in this game again. I got another dice cube. And then that crapped out on me, like, immediately. And I'm like, okay, those are also retired. And then I got a third set of dice. I went through four sets of dice yesterday, and all of them were crap. So that's exciting. Like, for instance, my um my Doomsday Arc. You know, it's got that big D6 shot, whatever. I rolled a three for the number of shots and I knew what I was doing. I knew I was taking a risk, but I'm like, you know what? Um, I really need to take out this mega knob squad. Um, I'm going to go ahead and reroll that. And I got a one. I'm like, Oh, fantastic. That is good. Um, so it's just, it was not an enjoyable game. I mean, I say that as a first world problem because yes, I'm off. I'm not working. And yes, I'm hanging out with my friend James and yes, we're rolling dice. So, all in all, I mean, would I rather dig a ditch or, or play that somewhat miserable game? I'd rather play that game. But boy, if you've ever been in that position where you saw the, the writing on the wall early in the game and you're like, oh God, okay, here we go. I just basically went through the motions the rest of the game and it was it was not enjoyable, uh, unfortunately. And the thing that really bothered me the most was that damn transhuman physiology bullshit that uh, the orc... Um, snake bites have where the whole freaking army can't be wounded on more than a four up unless you're strength eight or higher. That is bogus. That is, that is dark angels to the nth degree. And I do not care for it one little bit. So, um, yeah. 
So um, almost all my stuff was high strength. Like my, you know, my wraiths are higher strength than four or five, you know, and my um, annihilation cannon. Uh, yeah. Annihilation, uh, Tesla cannons for the annihilation barges are high strength. Doomsday arc is high strength. My destroyers, Gauss cannons are high strength. The Satan is high strength. Everything's high strength. Um, my, uh, Gauss, uh, Gauss flares. No, they're not Gauss flares. The Gauss blasters. They're strength five. And nope, sorry. You can, you can only wound on a four up. I'm like, oh my God. That is one mechanic. You know, everyone complained about the fight twice mechanic in the, in eighth edition. This is the mechanic that I absolutely abhor. Like I hate it, hate it. Uh, so anyway, that really, really hurt me. And I was not rolling well to begin with. So, you know, if I should statistically get five four ups, I might get two. I might get three if I'm lucky. You know, the whole game was like that. And I'm just, uh, it's it sucks when you know what's going to happen and you just have to wait several hours for it to happen. Ugh. So, I mean, we used to be able to play a 2000 point game in eighth edition in like two hours. Like that's that's how long it would take. Me and James could boom, boom, boom. You know, we knew all of our stuff, and but now it's just, uh, it was agony. But still better than digging a ditch, I suppose. Uh, and that is about all I've been up to. Um, uh, oh, you know what? Actually, one other thing is that um, I've ordered another test copy of the Brutality Supplement, the Narrative Mission Module, and uh, it said it's shipped, so I'm excited to see when it gets delivered. And uh, I'll have to go through my third round of editing after that. And uh, in the meantime, I've been excited to start reworking the rules for what I believe I'll call Brutal Space. And it's using 90% of the same rules as Brutality, just some of the rules are in different ways and the movement is obviously different. Um, but it's all about spaceship battles, which is one of my passions. I love Star Trek and I always have. And um, so I'm very excited about that. I got a bunch of people excited about that. Um, I'm also going to be doing a mass battle version of Brutality, similar to Warhammer. Um, I've got my own ways to make that balanced and fun, and I'm very excited for that. And also, um, I have another game. Oh, the um, uh, Brutal Mech. And I'm thinking about calling it Brutal Mech, Brutal Kaiju, something like that. But it's basically another adaptation of Brutality for giant mech and monster battles in cities. And very excited about that as well. But the, the most the most different game from brutality skirmish is going to be this brutal space. So I need to, uh, I, that's what I'm, I'm doing the hardest one first. And the other two are certainly different, but they're, they're more like, you know, brutality. So anyway, uh, let's get on with the show and thank you to all my Patreon patrons. I truly do appreciate it. And don't forget pimp um, Pimcron TV, YouTube channel, the what hammer series, W U T. Um, as my son calls it, Woothammer, the What Hammer series. Um, every Wednesday and Sunday we have new videos, and uh, they're just like a minute, minute and a half, little sketches for Warhammer using the miniatures and my extremely vast uh, array of terrain. So you should uh, check that out as well. So, all right. Well, I will see you on the other side of this music. Let's open the Tesseract mailbox. In this week's Tesseract Mailbox, we have an email from Neil, and he's in Canada. He writes, Hey, Pimperoni! And it's ironic he calls me that, because I have been referred to as the San Francisco treat. Hey, Pimperoni! I'm Neil, and I'm from Canada. 
Hi, Neil. I'm Pimpcron, and I'm from America. I like the show, Longtime Lurker. I like when you have your wife on, but that hasn't been for a while. You guys seem to get along well. Go figure. You should figure out a topic to have her on again. Yeah, I think she's pretty swell. Anyway, uh, that was me saying that, not him. Um, <laughs> I continue with his letter. Anyway, the reason why I'm writing is that you confuse me. Well, you would not be the first one. My pediatrician was very confused by me, as was my therapist, as was every boss I've ever had, and every lover I've ever had, Neil. Anyway, I confuse him, apparently. I would like you to clarify if you support GW or hate them. It seems like one episode you love them and defend them, then the next episode you hate them. I am slowly becoming a GW detractor, I think. They have been rather nasty as of late, and I don't appreciate it. So, would you say you're a supporter or a hater overall? This should be interesting to hear. Thanks in advance, Neil. So, I appreciate your uh, confidence or your faith in me that this will be interesting to hear. Unfortunately, Neil, I don't really know how to answer your question because I don't see myself as either of those things you said. I guess, if anything, I am a supporter of GW, but like I think a lot of people, I don't like a lot of their actions, and I think maybe they're going in the wrong direction with the game and with their IP and all of that. I mean, we're all just armchair commentators at this point, so I really can't say for certain that I'm 100% correct, although we all know I always am. And, I mean, overall... I guess you've made a good point about my opinion of GW. One episode, I am really appreciating them. The other one, I'm really hating on them. And really, if you change your perspective on that, what I'm really doing is I'm really appreciating the things that they do, and I'm really hating on the things that they do. Personally, GW, I have no love or hate for GW. It's a company. Like, do you hate Sears, if you have Sears in Canada? Do you hate Walmart, if you have Walmart in Canada? I mean, do you hate those companies? Do you love those companies? You probably nothing them, because, you know, you might hate the things they do or how they act, or you might love what they do, but the actual company, you're like, well, I, I can't really hate a company that bad, you know? It's, it's really what their actions are. I mean, do you really hate a person like, it, just picture someone in your personal life that you hate. You don't really hate the person, like the flesh and blood body of that person. You hate what they do, or what they stand for, or how they act. So, no, I don't love or hate Games Workshop. I do have gratitude to them for making Warhammer and improving the wargaming industry, because I feel like all the advancements in technology that GW has done, as far as casting and all of that, has overall lifted the entire industry. I don't think we'd be anywhere near the, um, the skill and artistry of the miniatures that we are now if it weren't for GW. I think, other than price, really nobody can complain about their models. Games Workshop is arguably the best models, if not definitely the top five uh, beautiful models. And they're always stretching the boundaries of what you can cast and what you can make and all that. And I, I have a great amount of respect for them, so I do not hate them. But, having said that, I think a lot of people can agree with me in saying that I do not like a lot of their practices, and I do not like their game design theory. That's my biggest issue with them. I don't know if it's Jervis Johnson or whoever's in charge now, the game design crew. I am not a fan of this 
massive amount of complexity. I'm just not. I don't think it's necessary. I think they proved with 8th edition that you don't need a ton of complexity in order to have a fun game. But that's the direction we're in, and there's, I guess, no reason to really complain about it because that's what it is. What it is, you either play what you you pl- either play it now, or if you hate it that much, don't play it. Um, my myself, I've said before, and um, I might have even said it earlier in this episode that I play this game because I like the people that play it. I like my friends I've made. I like my gaming group. I love my convention. Um, I like all of that. And I'm kind of just waiting out 9th edition because I don't really care for 9th edition that much. Um, Or you modify the game and you say, you know, I'm only going to play a thousand points or something like that. And that's the way you can get around all the complexity. So so do I love or do I hate GW? Um, I'm going to rephrase that because I nothing them personally. So I'm going to rephrase that to I love the impact they've had on the miniatures industry, except maybe the price. And I do not care for a lot of their IP licensing choices. Uh, it seems like it's very money-hungry and, and greedy and not very authentic. And I really think that they are all over the place with their game design. It's like they rely so heavily on the dice to even the field and the points. They rely entirely on points cost and dice. So like, oh, on a five up, you just kill everybody and win the game. But, you know, it's just a five up. So you could miss that. Like, okay, GW, but not not a a big fan of a lot of what they do. So I think they just shoot first and ask questions later as far as their rule design. And I'm not a fan of that. (sighs) So you ask for a final verdict. Overall, I would say that even though they have their flaws and all of that, my overall perception of GW would be more positive than negative. How about I say that? Um, This game has provided me with a hobby, a convention, a gaming group of friends that are all friendly and nice people, a community. I've got friends everywhere. I've got friends in New York State. I've got friends in Pennsylvania. I've got people in North Carolina. I've got people over in Missouri. I've got people in Utah. I've got people... I mean, I've got people that I'm friendly with and we talk. I mean, Juicy Jim is from uh, Canada. And, I mean, that's... You know what I mean? It's like, it's great. I've got a friend in the Philippines. I've got people that I've met through this whole thing that um oh mike is is in um uh england so uh ewan is in england so there's a, a ton of people that are just they're very nice people and i'm so fortunate to have met them and i love geek culture i mean typically geeks are much nicer maybe socially awkward but they're generally nicer than the average you know football hooligan or whatever so um I am very thankful to GW for all of that. So I can't hate on a company that has provided an avenue for me to meet so many people and have so much fun and a creative outlet and all of that. I really can't hate on that. Do I love every single action they do? Certainly not. But overall, I would say my opinion of them is positive. So, um... Anyway, I mean, you mentioned my wife earlier, right? So, I mean, even in a marriage, like, you you may love... This is the person you chose to spend the rest of your freaking life with. I mean, ignoring the 55% divorce rate. Um, arguably, you're going to spend your last breath near this person. And do you love every single thing about your spouse? I mean, I don't know if you're married or not, but chances are no. Like, nobody loves 
100% anything that one person is, you know? But you do love them more than you hate them, hopefully, so... <laughs> and that, my friends, is marriage. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so hopefully I answered your question. Um, overall, I like GW. Let's say that. Um, so, anyway, thanks for writing in, Neil. I greatly appreciate it. And you can reach me at pimpcron at gmail.com or pimcron at Facebook, and you can just message me. So... Let's get on to the next segment, shall we? Want that or want that not? So, uh, at the risk of being really confusing, this is the Tesseract mailbox for this episode because the real talk actually started out as a Tesseract mailbox, but then I was so enraged. <laughs> I'm kidding. I was, <laughs> I was so passionate about what I was saying. It, it actually uh, kind of turned into... Well, it's actually interesting because it started out as a Tesseract mailbox, and then it's kind of a want that, want that not, and then it's also a real talk. So you just got a you got a fruit salad there of different topics, but um, this is the real uh, want that or want that not, okay? It's been a while since I covered Dice from GW because they don't feel like they've uh, put out Dice recently, so... I was kind of excited because, you know, I love taking the piss out of some Dice, and you know that. But um, I was kind of looking forward to reviewing these dice for Adeptus Sororitas and Tau Empire, which they just released both of those for Kill Team. And I will tell you right now that they are... I'm talking about them at the same time right now. So they are both the small uh, chess sized dice that we all know and love. And um, actually, you know what? They might be bigger. I wonder if it says... You know, my first impression is they look like the tiny dice, but I don't know. You know what? I don't know. I don't know how big these things are. They do not appear to be the big chunky dice, but they very well could be. I'm not sure. Anyway, it doesn't say in the description. But, um, wait, does it? No. Doesn't say at all how big these things are. But anyway, I am digressing on the subject. So, the Adeptus Sororitas dice and the Tau dice are the typical dice size, and they both have their symbols on the sixes. So we're actually starting off on good footing here, GW. And remember their propensity to have, like, all sorts of nonsensical symbols on there? You know, like, there's, like, a... I'll just say for the Adeptus Sororitas, they'd normally have, like, a rose for the number three, and a fist for the number four, and then a boot for one, and then... Uh, I don't know, feminine hygiene products for two. I don't know, just whatever. So th the point is, is that these are actually nice and clean dice. They have the symbol on the six, which is not something GW used to do. I don't know what possessed them to put the symbol on the ones years ago, but they have learned their lesson. And you know what? If someone is learning and giving the old college try, you got to kind of give them a break. And that's what they've done here. So they are. They have the Sisters of Battle Florida Lease on the number six, and they have the Tau Empire circle symbol on the number six of theirs. We're off to a good start. They also have regular pips. Wow, what a novel idea. The regular pips are fantastic and easy to read. You know what's also great about these dice is that they are high contrast for all of us elderly 36-year-olds. Uh the um the sisters dice are like a black gray 
with like a yellow gold sort of uh, pip color. And the towel are pretty bright orange with black pips. Either way, one has very contrasting one way, one has very contrasting the other way. And either way, I love it. I actually am tempted to buy the Adeptus Sororitas dice, but they're $35, both of these sets are, for 20 dice, which of course is pretty much in running with what GW usually does. But my problem is, is that GW usually charges this price for the fancy dice. Remember when the Necrons had those silver with green and the uh, Nurgle dice when um, 8th edition came out? You know, the, those special dice. These are just regular milled dice like anything. So $35 for 20 of them is a bit pricey. I do like both of these, and I do not have any official Sisters of Battle dice yet. But I don't think this is really... This is a want-that, as far as my support of this product. I think they're a good product. Of course, they're expensive. And normally, we're used to 36 dice, and these only have 20 in them. So normally, if you buy a Chessex, a good Chessex set of dice, it'll cost you like 15, 16 bucks. And you're getting 36 dice. This is double the price for a third less dice. And I'm like, eh, not a huge fan of that. Um, now, if these happen to be um, my Sisters of Battle colors, then I would be all over it, but they're black and gold, so, eh, they're fine. I don't, um, I'm not, like, the world's biggest fan of this color scheme, but it is high contrast, and that is what I love about them. So, I can't really complain. Um, so, that that is actually an endorsement for me. Of course, I don't play towel, I have self-respect, but I do like both of these sets, and they've done a good job on them. The price is really the only drawback. $35 for 20 what would equate to regular dice is, eh, not, not thrilled with that price. But compared to their other dice they have come out with, like those damn Sylvanath dice, these are pretty good looking. So maybe you want to get them. Maybe you don't. You know what? I don't care either way. Now it's time for Real Talk with Pentcron. On this Tesseract Mailbox, we have an uncomfortable discussion to be had. Is Games Workshop finally losing their mind? I'm not trying to be a naysayer or a doomsayer or whatever, right? I'm not trying to be that. But this could be one of two things. Completely misguided, yet innocent. Or completely greedy and no self-worth. It's, it's one or the other, and I don't know which one it is just yet. So, just recently, uh, Games Workshop made a post about scented Warhammer 40k candles. Let me just read you the, the blurb here. Add some atmosphere to your games with Mercoid's range of Warhammer 40k scented candles. Inhale the smells of Catachin Deathworld, or distract your opponents with the scent of the Great Devourer while your Tyranid army consumes all before it. With six candles, you'll have no trouble finding a delightful aroma to surprise your friends with at your next meetup. So, what do we have here? We've got uh, the scent of decadence. I oh, mean, this is hard. To, it's a kind of a blurry picture. We've got a Slanesh one that's purple. We've got Astra Militarum scent that is, uh, I believe that's the Catachin Death World, and that's green. We have a Space Marines one. That is also green, just a slight different shade of green. Then we've got the towel ethereal, the scent of expansion. <laughs> That's blue. 
And then Tyranids, uh, I can't can't make that one out, but it's red. So the purple for Slanesh makes sense. Um, the blue for Tau makes sense. The Tyranid being red, sure, that makes sense. Astro Militarum being green, eh, fine. The Space Marines being green as well as Astro Militarum, that's, that just seems lazy to me. You couldn't find a, uh, Imperial Fist uh, yellow or a White Scars white or Black Templar black. Um, you, you couldn't do any of those. I mean, it, it seems very lazy to me. There's, there's more colors than just these four, so... Um, whatever, I suppose. But this strikes me as completely out of left field. This seems like a cash grab, and I will explain why I feel that way. Um, but you know what? Before I do that, um, oh, good old Juicy Jim sent me a message, and he sent me this picture. And I had already seen it, but he sent me this picture, and he said, I, I said, dude, do they have a price on there? Because this is ridiculous. He goes, yes. $19.99 USD, plus, if you buy three or more, obviously I will, you get 20% off, and these candles burn for approximately 22 hours, so my house can smell like a dead Tyranid for 66 straight hours for only $48. No wonder the website says they're selling fast. Ooh, Sporific Musk, inspired by Slanesh and comes in a lovely demonette hide purple. I bet that one smells like the cushions in the back row of a porn theater. <laughs> <sighs> I bet that one smells like the cushions in the back of a row of a porn theater. Stocking stuffers for loved ones? I think so. Ethereal pheromones emits the scent of expansion. My genes will be the judge of that, Candleman. This does sound like the the one to buy if you want to be popular with the Tau crowd, though. You'll have to beat off the weebs with both hands once you light up this bad boy. And I, I laughed so hard. I was like, Juicy, I got to make this the, the mailbox segment. He wasn't necessarily sending that to me for a mailbox segment, but he was messaging me, and I'm like, this this has to be. So, uh, yeah, that's what Juicy Jim, uh, regular listener, thinks of this. Uh, I am also in agreement. So the, the reason why I find this concerning, and once again, I'm not trying to be overly negative or anything like that, but it does seem like this is so far out in left field for their target audience that I think it's a really bad idea. And, like, for instance, okay, what's the other IP that just completely whores out their characters and all of that? You could say Star Wars, they've done plenty of it, but really I think Marvel is the number one... If you go in the Dollar General store, or any one of those dollar stores, pound stores, wherever you live, you're going to find... One, exactly, I've counted it, one bajillion different merchandise things with Marvel plastered all over it. Would you like a Spider-Man uh, shower brush for scrubbing your back? Well, you can get it. Do you want a uh, pair of slippers that look like Wolverine? Yes, they have that as well. Do you need a Captain America umbrella? Well, you can find it at one of these dollar stores. Do you like candy sticks that were formerly known as candy cigarettes, but now they're just candy sticks? Candy sticks that have in no way anything printed on them. They're just white confectioner sugar pressed into a stick, but inexplicably has Marvel superheroes stamped on the outside of it, on the box. Yeah, you can find those there. Did you ever want to buy Avengers gummies with just a bunch of the Avengers heads where the color of the gummy has no correlation to the actual character's head? Would you like to eat a blue Hulk and a yellow Captain America and a green Iron Man head gummy? Would you like to do that? Well, 
you're in luck because you can. Would you like to drink some sort of off-brand soda that has just generic Marvel characters on it, such as Electra? You can do that, my friend. There's basically anything you want to buy that is Marvel branded at these cheap stores. Backpacks, shirts, plastic shoes, glasses, um, duffel bags. I mean, I mean, just whatever. And even like really weird things. Like, have you ever seen, and this is a real product. Have you ever seen the Wolverine corn cob holder sticks? You know, the traditional, like when you, sh- you shove the spiky little corn cob shaped plastic things to hold your corn on the cob while you eat it. You ever seen those? Well, these these are Wolverine's fists, and the spikes are his claws. And before you go, oh my gosh, that sounds adorable. I admit it does sound adorable, but it's still way off base. So, <laughs> it shows to me that Marvel is just seriously, seriously whoring out their IP. Purely for money. Corn cob holders have absolutely nothing to do with the base demographic of comic book readers and or children who love this stuff. Do you know what also has nothing to do with its target audience? Scented candles for Warhammer 40k. Now, you know, they've been coming out with a lot of stuff, okay? 40k Monopoly. Sure, whatever. That sounds fine. Like, you know, gamers play games, right? Makes sense. Tons of different app games, and a lot of them are hot garbage, but tons of app games. You know what? Gamers are gamers, right? Gamers be gaming. They're going to do it. All right, that's understandable. Um, then they've got, uh, like, hoodies. They've got hoodies and even, like, Skechers or Converse shoes or whatever you can have with the Warhammer logos on them. Okay, gamers, from what I can tell, usually are dressed in clothes. So, you know, you wear shoes, you wear a hoodie. The spandex pants for women is going a little far for me because... I'm just going to say the whole elephant in the room thing here. The majority, the vast majority of Warhammer players are not women. But, I mean, whatever. Fine. I mean, there are women players, so that's fine. It's still part of your demographic. But scented candles. Scented candles are not something that men buy. Scented candles have absolutely nothing with Warhammer. Unless, of course... Uh, You should see these. These are like the little tin candles. You know, it's like a little metal tin with a lid and the candles inside it. If they actually looked like real candles that were on like that Necromunda gang's head or on the Sisters of Battle or whatever, if they actually looked like some sort of gothic, you know, candle, uh, okay, well, at least that's kind of like a prop, you know? And before you say that women like scented candles, in my personal experience, I have known many young women. And young women are the only, the single only demographic of women I have ever seen play Warhammer. And those are, I can count the number of women I have actually witnessed play Warhammer on one hand. Like, four. Ever. So, and I mean, I've been around for over decades. I mean, I've been to conventions, I've been to tournaments, I've been to all sorts of stuff, and I can count about four women I've ever witnessed uh, play Warhammer. So, but none of them were middle-aged women. None of them were elderly women. They were all probably under the age of 40. Like, they were all 20s, 30s. I've never seen a teen girl play Warhammer, but the, I'm sure they exist somewhere. Um, so, the people that usually buy scented candles, the vast majority of the demographic, is 
middle-aged to old women. That's who buys that. No demographic of men is known to reliably buy scented candles, and young women do not reliably buy scented candles. Sure, you might go, oh, I had a cousin that loves scented candles and she's 30. Great. I'm, I'm not saying there's no women that do this. No young women. But definitely, this, I feel, is the beginning of the marvelification of 40K. You know, they're, they're making all this money on all this merchandising and all of that, and that's great. I'm happy for them, whatever. I mean, you can't really blame them. But scented candles? Like, is there... I mean, I thought the pins were bad, and the pins actually do have a use. You put them on your, like, I put them on my gaming bag since uh, Leroy Jenkins spite bought me an Inquisition and a Sisters of Battle one. I put them on my wargaming bag. Well, that's a pin. You put it on your bag. I've seen people put patches or whatever on their bags. But, and I've seen people wear those pins for tie pins. You know, that's perfectly acceptable. They're actually really nice pins. So, uh, I get that. But scented candles, this is this is a bridge too far for the old Pimcron. And, I mean, I personally don't care if they sell scented candles, but I see this as indicative of them losing sight of who actual their actual demographic is, and this is pure just money. It's just money-hungry, just, yes, just rubber stamp that licensing for every single company that, you know, you want to make, um... Oh man, I could just name so many more things at Dollar General that have Warhammer. I mean, that have Marvel stuff on them. Do you want Space Marine party plates and party cups for your four-year-old's party? Sure, rubber stamp. Oh, you want to see playing cards with Warhammer on it? Rubber stamp. Oh, you want to see uh, milk cartons with Warhammer on it? Rubber stamp. I mean, it it just it gets it gets ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. Stupid plastic rings that are wide and they're like. Uh, Circus jewelry with a giant sticker of a 40k person on it? Sure, rubber stamp that. Oh, it just, and this, you know what? I hated to be negative, and I'm really not trying to be negative. I'm just not seeing the the thought behind it. You know, I'm just not seeing it besides money. Now, on the other hand, if you are a company, let me let me be the GW's advocate here. Um, if you are a big company like GW and you do have a bottom line to look after, and you do have um, an IP that is marketable, and you do have shareholders to keep happy, then you probably will license out your product. And I also know, um, not personally, but I know this happens, um, that they will license out their brand to a intellectual property manager. And that company will then sub-license it to other things. So I'm sure that's what happens with Marvel. I'm sure Marvel does not have contracts with every toothbrush maker in Dollar General and every lollipop maker and every whatever else that's in there. Um, I'm sure they don't. What I'm sure they do is they either own their own sub-licensing company or they just sell the license to a sub-licensing company and then they license it out or they... Whatever they think will sell, they make stuff with the image on it. So this may not be Games Workshop saying, oh yes, rubber stamp on the uh, the old scented candles, because that's what our players want. That really may not be the case. It may just be that they have sold their license to somebody, and um, and that company thinks, oh, you know what? This is a game, and gamers stink, so we need scented candles. 
we need uh, we need scented candles that smell like the labia of a demonette. So let's let's do that. Um, so it's just I don't know. Once again, I hate to be a, a harbinger of doom, and I'm not trying to do that, but it's quite possible that GW once again is slipping further further into Marvel territory. So we will see what happens, but hmm, that's kind of it's kind of concerning, and. Of course, thank you to all my beautiful, sexy, good-smelling Patreon patrons, and I greatly appreciate you supporting the show, and thank you to GameMat.eu for supporting the show, for pre-painted terrain, and beautiful game mats. Uh, event 10 is 10% off your order, so go ahead and do that. And I think that's it for the show. So I'll see you next week, guys. Hopefully I didn't, uh, I wasn't too much of a downer, but you should keep your eyes peeled for this BS, though. I'm not lying. See ya.